Welcome back, where we are discussing more mythological creatures. The first one this week that I'm going to discuss is all about the lesser demonic entity known as the imps that originated from Germanic folklore. So, they are known as being mischievous and uncontrollable and wild, which is a lot like fairies, right? Which are really common in Germanic folklore. But a lot of people sensed that they could have been the same thing as fairies because they were a free spirit. They were always happy, in a sense, because they were doing mischievous things. But they were also used to be considered little lonely creatures that were always trying to get human attention. And... It's what they would consider in, like, a joke. If you were looking for a friend and you look lonely, you'd be like a little imp. But um, they're usually really small, typically with horns. They can be any color, ranging from purple to red to browns to black. Um, they usually have sharp teeth, claws, a tail, and sometimes they have wings. They can also sometimes have a monkey face or a stone face, but it's always in a grimace. And they are known for being almost like slaves to someone to do their bidding. So, people began to associate the fairies as being good and the imps as being malicious and evil. Now, both creatures were fond of pranks and misleading people, but most of the time the pranks were harmless fun. And the imps were used as demonic slaves to do evil bidding, so not just generalized pranks. So they are considered to be the spawns of the devil, and they serve the master, mostly the devil, but they are familiar with witches and warlocks too, kind of like in the Wizard of Oz, right? The flying monkeys. And they like to spy on people and also confuse people and bring about fear and scare them as well. So we're going to get into a little bit more about the imps. Now, what did one do if they were faced with an imp? Well, the idea really is to make sure that you are actually getting rid of their master or their keeper because they were actually found to be bound sometimes to a person or an object. So it could be like a sword or a crystal ball, for instance. They're almost like a genie in a sense. Now, there was a story in 1891 called The Bottle Imp by Robert Louis Stevenson, which actually talked about an imp contained in a bottle, and they would grant every wish. So in this case, it was actually the imp that was going through sort of the pains and the misgivings of that instead of them being the bad ones in a sense. Now, let's see here. There's more I wanted to talk about as well. So because it is found in Germanic, um, it is it has an old English noun called impa is where they find that it comes from and it means just a young shoot of a plant or tree. And then it was um, considered the scion of a noble house or a child in general. 
Now, then, starting in the 16th century, it was used as an expression like the imps of servants or imp of hell. And by the 17th century, it meant small demon or a familiar of a witch. So the old English noun came from the term imputa, which was um, more of the plural sense of it. And it was like implanted. You implanted something. It was natural or it was grafted. So it's kind of interesting that they didn't have anything to do with Christianity at all, really, until the 17th century. But I thought that was really cool. So basically the ones that we look at now are ones that try to do the evil of bidding as slaves. So we consider them bad, and they are mischievous, but they're doing it out of the fact that they're slaves, either to objects or people that are evil themselves. And that's why they have the unattractive features they do to sort of give people a scare in a sense, right? So some of them can resemble cats as well as monkeys and even humans, like I mentioned before. And they usually move around on all four legs, generally, or crouch down on their bottom legs. Now, they were, um, they were known for switching babies. They were, um, they were usually just more, more of kind of like a distraction, while the main culprit or their master would be doing something more evil. But some folklore says they did have magical power, but it was very minor compared to some of the other mythological creatures. So they were known for shape-shifting and also being able to bring about fire. They were very quick and fast and known for being able to kind of get away really quickly. Now, like most mythological creatures, there's other ones that are like them. And usually it's sort of um, like you'll see them as like ogres or something like that, like Igor, you know, succumbing to their master. But they're usually more of a human depiction, you know, of like a dead person or a zombie-like thing. But when it came, when Christianization came into Western Europe, the imps were turned into sort of the, the minions that they were known, the demonic little beings. And that's when they came out during the craze of the witch hunts. During the Renaissance, they were coming out as something that would actually do violence when really they were just being doing what they were told. And you can see them throughout history. You can see them in different gateways and tombs. You can even see them in cathedrals, interestingly enough, and where angels are fending them off, that sort of thing. So the imps, like most mythological creatures, get most of its demonic or evil-like attributes to the fact of Christianization coming into play throughout the land. Before that, they were nothing more than basically genies and wish-doers, but after that, they became the evil little doers that they became. Now, speaking of familiars, a big one that is known, obviously, is for witches, the black cat, right? Which has a lot of symbolism. Like if a black cat runs in front of you, it's bad luck or what have you. Or you hear of demon cats in Europe and uh, people report seeing this demon cat 
And it's fascinating because the black cat, one of the really interesting folklore mythological tales that I heard and really thought was cool came from old Italian witches. Um, the witches are Eridia. And we all have heard, if you've had anything to do with researching witches about Diana, who was supposed to be the mother of witches, she was getting too well known. The idea of the Italian witches, they can be ruthless, was to save people from having to convert to Christianity. And she was becoming too well known, so she had to go back up to the heavens and kind of oversee things. But she needed someone on earth, a child. So she went to Satan himself, who was considered to be the god of light or the bearer of light. And what she did was because she wanted to have a child with him, he slept with a black cat. So she shapeshifted herself into the form of a black cat and snuck into bed with him and then created a child overnight. You know, obviously they had sex. So basically it's funny how, you know, we hear all these horrible things about Satan and it turns out in this case, he was actually the victim of being raped by a woman transformed into a cat but this is why a lot of people don't like um black cats where it stems from and this is how lucifer in this case lost his light and they gave birth to aradia which would become the woman or the witch daughter that would become huge in mythological tales through italian witchcraft so it's really fascinating the different things that you can learn about the black cat Black cats have been around all through history with a lot of lore that really runs the gambit from good luck to evil omens. But symbolically, the cat represents someone who has a lot of strength and independence. It's all about healing your abandonment issues. There's mysterious psychic abilities and magical properties where a lot of people in different belief systems of magic will use the whiskers to sort of ramp up a spell or to grant a wish. We also have it where there's someone who, if you're a person with these traits, they're the kind who beat the odds. And they are all about um, understanding the essence that there really isn't anything called bad luck, right? But there's different mythologies and beliefs surrounding what they thought of the black cat. And I'm going to go through some of them with you. So the Native Americans feel that the black cat comes to you in a vision. It bears a timely teaching. So it teaches you to focus on your independence and really listen to your intuition and tap into the unknown. They can also be um, telling you to be sensual, more sensual. Now, the Maliseet people and the Passamaquoddy tribes about the black cat and the sable, this tale um, talks about an unlikely couple journeying to a place where they can make maple sugar. Along the way, they got separated. Sable came upon the home of a snake who welcomed him. Um, out of hunger, not hospitality. 
When Sable realized his predicament, he sang out to Black Cat as loud as he could. Black Cat heard his cries and comforted him, telling him that he has a plan. Sable was able to get a stick as the snake instructed and make sure that it was crooked. When the snake complained, Sable should heat the stick in the fire to straighten it, then knock the snake on its head firmly. Once done, Sable wandered back into the woods with the snake, trying to follow him. There, the black cat killed the snake and offering it to all the animals and birds as food. After that, the black cat came home as an as a hero. So, let's see. The black cat also caught the eye of the chief's wife. She determined to be with the black cat, so she invited him to a gull egg hunt. They went across the water to an island, filling their basket and startling their journey home. At just that moment, a beautiful bird, who was the chief, transformed and flew over the canoe. The black cat shot his arrows, and the bird fell, and when he looked in the water, he could not find it. By this time, the chief's wife was far out into the water, and the black cat was left alone on the island. So, we also have here, when it comes to different belief systems, obviously we know that they were thought to have shape-shifted to avoid capture. And this also happened with Gregory the Ninth, um, where they were thought that to be evil demons inside of them, the witches would um, would shapeshift in their eyes into a black cat. So over nine hundred cats in France alone were executed. Now sailors and fishermen treasured black cats and thought of them as lucky. In the home, the cat's energy was said to protect the fishermen at sea. But while on the ship themselves, they were really good at catching rats and stuff that got on the ships, right, that were full of diseases. So, let's see, the veneration of black cats comes from Egypt, and they are really well respected there. There's a cat goddess named Beset, or Bast, depending, who oversaw all matters of protection. So, the Egyptian homes hosted black cats to win her favor. In the wise words of Terry Pratchett, in the ancient times, cats were worshipped as gods. They have not forgotten this, and the idea of housing a black cat for luck wasn't unique to Egyptians. Histories tell us that King Charles I adored his black cat, and he considered his good fortune gone when the cat actually passed away. And synchronistically, he was charged with treason the very next day. So, in essence, he was actually right. So, there were actually two goddesses in Egyptian pantheon, which was also Sekhmet. He was worshipped basically around 3000 BCE. And the cats in the family homes were adorned with jewelry, fancy colors, even pierced ears. And... The family would mourn heavily when their pet would die, and they honored it with, um, with, with tons of like gold coins and stuff like that, in order to bring it into a great place going into the afterlife. So we do know of it, obviously, as a witch is familiar. So in the Middle Ages, it became associated around thirteen hundreds. A group of witches in France were accused of worshipping the devil in the form of a cat. It may be because of the cat's nocturnal nature that it became connected to witches. And hence, it was around 19, it was nighttime sorry, when it happened. So it was kind of sad the way 
they executed so many cats thinking that they were actually witches, which is just silly. Now, in the 16th century, Italians believed that if a black cat jumped on the bed of an ill person, the person would soon die. In colonial America, Scottish immigrants believed that a black cat entering a wake was bad luck and could indicate the death of a family member. Now, we also have, with Norse mythology, Freya, who drove a chariot pulled by a pair of black cats. A Roman soldier killed a black cat in Egypt and was killed by an angry mob of locals. Appalachian folklore said that if you had a sty on the eyelid, rubbing the tail of a black cat on it would make the sty go away. Now, if you find a single white hair on your otherwise black cat, it's considered a good omen. And in England's border countries, in southern Scotland, a strange black cat on the French porch brings good fortune. Now, we are told, if you know, if you've ever had a black cat, that's important that you bring your cat inside. Because, sadly enough, these pets are one of the most abandoned pets by people that are brought to shelters. But they're also the ones that are more likely to be tortured during times like Halloween from people when doing whatever disgusting things they feel like doing. So, I own a black cat named Biscuit. And he was purely black with green eyes. And he was just like a little baby. And any black cat I've ever been around, they are uniquely all the same. They have the sassiness to them, but they're very, 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 very sweet and loving and uh, very young feeling. The way they act, they're very babyish in a sense. And I loved mine. So I think it's funny when you see the folklore and all the worries that people had over the years and all the different belief systems. Not as religious as some, but in a lot of cases still, like the mythologies we've looked into as of yet. But we're going to get into some other more creatures that don't actually exist next week than ones with a huge folklore like the black cat. But after speaking of the Italian witches... I found it important that we bring up the black cat and how else that has affected our way of thinking towards it throughout history. So I'll see you next time.